Okay, here we go. Uh, you know, everybody has a gospel. I don't know if you know that. So gospel, as we said there, it's not a church word. It was used all the time. And today, people have a gospel. They have an announcement. I'm here to make an announcement. I have a good idea. I have a philosophy. You know, I've always said, I have a strategy. So everybody has a gospel. It's just the question is, does, the, does their gospel, does their idea, does their news uh, provide hope? Or, as a lot of them do today, hype. Hype is just, it gets everybody worked up. It gets everybody thinking, oh, this is going to be it. This is what's going to do it. This is the thing that's going to change it. This is what's going to make it better. The reason that we're calling it hope is because it's not hype. Um, but sometimes hope has a path. Hope has a path. There are things that you do or are going to be required to do. Perhaps you've ever met with a doctor and he said, there's hope, but there's, we're going to have to take some steps. We're going to have to do some difficult things. Hype is just tell you what you want to hear. Hope is tell you what you need to hear. But you can have the right outcome if you follow the path, the pathway of hope. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm literally going to take you through this letter. And Paul wrote it, as I said. He had not been to Rome. It was his longest letter, probably his last letter, although that's contested sometimes. But it's unique in the sense that Paul's not writing to fix a problem in Romans. He's, it's, some people call it his Magna Carta. This is his big statement. This is Paul saying how it works. And one of the things that you could say about this letter is it kind of starts with a little bit of a grind. Um, and the last part, you know, we, we gave, we, we handed out candy the last two weeks. Ken was up here. Shane was up here just giving you little morsels. Stuff. If you read, if you start in Romans chapter 12, you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's good. That's true. You're going to say, amen, 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 amen. When I get done today, you're going to go, why did I even come? <laughs> because you, 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 we wanted to give you a little taste of the dessert. So as we traveled in Italy, you know, we learned a lot of things. But one of the things that we learned is they have very good gelato. And so, uh, I mean, I'm just bringing you the report. I'm just here as your spiritual leader to tell you how it is. And, uh, so Charlie had ice cream about four times a day, right? And so um, I'm going to give you the ice cream. We're going to get to it. Don't worry. We're going to get to it. Um, maybe an overly simple way of dividing the book of Romans, and a lot of people would do this, is um, between... The beliefs and the behaviors. So if we're going to fix our world, we got to fix the people in the world. That, that was kind of simple, right? And uh, to fix their behaviors, perhaps you have to fix their beliefs first. So why don't you just jump to the behavior and tell people how to start behaving? And we do that sometimes, but... Perhaps the reason that Paul spends so much time on our beliefs is because I'm just, I was thinking about it a lot. Maybe because sometimes you can, you can force 
better behaviors onto yourself or even onto someone else. But if you don't really believe differently, when push comes to shove, you revert back to what you really think. Isn't that true? Maybe he wants to let it marinate long enough so that you think differently. You really believe differently. In other words, it, the Romans had a, had a system of order. They, they called it the Pax Romana. That was the good news. We brought peace to the whole world, but the problem was kind of forced. You know, men were here, women were here. Romans were here, everyone else was here. Free people were here, slaves were here. And so as long as you bought into that belief system, there was order. It was a forced order. And what Paul did was the gospel of Jesus was different than the way of Caesar. It was a way of true harmony. Theirs was top down. It was just this. this is, here's the men. Here's the women. Here's the free people. Here's the slaves. And as long as you bought into the pecking order and it was enforced with a stick and a cross. But Paul was trying to do something different. It was, Paul was trying to fix it. So he spends a lot of time about how we think. I think even Shane talked about this in his message about renewing your mind. Be transformed by renewing your mind. If you think differently, if you believe differently, then things do change. But if you stay stuck, in other words, if you believe the right thing about, if, you, if I believe that you're as important as I am, if I really believe that, then it's going to affect how I treat you. If I think you're less than me, then it's going to affect how I treat you. But we don't change how we think very easily. Is this true? Have you noticed this to be true? We just, we get ingrained patterns of the way that we think, which is why Paul wrote in the 12th chapter, uh, don't be conformed. Don't let this world squeeze you into its way of thinking. That's hard to do. That's really hard to do. We get squeezed into thinking like the people around us, like the culture around us. So Paul is trying to change that. How are we going to change the world? How is our hope and healing? We have to change humanity. How do you change humanity? By changing the humans. How do you change us humans? By changing our hearts and our minds. Our hearts and our minds. If you have a different heart, if you have a renewed heart and a renewed mind, then you, the behavior is easy. You know about the, the little boy that got in trouble from his parents and said, you go sit in that corner. No, I'm not going to go sit in that corner. You go sit in that corner or else. Finally, a little boy goes to sit in the corner and parents go there and say, now let me tell you something. The little boy says, wait a minute. I want you to know something. I'm sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm standing up. This is, uh, this is how a lot of religion and culture works. It's like forces us to sit. But what God does, and this is so key if you can get this, what God does is he changes on the inside. We're on the inside we want to sit or we want to do. Why? Because we believe differently. Are you ready to go on a journey together? We're going to go on this journey. If you're going to fix anything, you've got to start by addressing the problem. That's where you're going to start. And that's where Paul starts his letter, with the problem. Here's the problem. 
Now, if I paraded a bunch of people up here, oh, would you just love to tell everybody the problem? Here's the problem, right? And if you're in the airport and you're walking and you have a stroller, it's people that are in your way. They're the problem. I had a lot of those on the trip, right? And there's problems. They're in my way. But where we find the problem is what Paul called sin. Who's heard the word sin before? One of your favorite words. All right. Who here grew up in church? You love it even more, right? And we need to talk about this word because um, I need to get it back. Just like I had to reclaim the word gospel, we're going to have to talk about what does salvation really mean. We're going to have to talk about what does sin really mean. Because it's a, it's a word that we don't really use except in church. Um, I'm going to try to give you a different word because people throw it out too easily or they have some convoluted idea of what sin is. But uh, what's the problem? Sin. Drop the mic. But what's the problem? What is sin exactly? And you could say, well, there's these kinds of sins and these kinds. Trust me, I don't even understand what all the kinds of sins are. But let me just try to boil down the most fundamental idea of what is sin. Um, selfishness that is destructive. Destructive selfishness. Uh, in James it says this, uh, around the fourth chapter, what causes fights and quarrels among you? What is it? What is it causing? What's causing the problems in our world today? What's causing problems in your life? What's causing problems in your family? What is it? What's the cause? Let's get to the root thing. And it says, what is it that causes? Don't they come from the desires that you have within you? You want something, but you don't get it. Right? In the second verse, it says, you want something, but you don't get it. Anybody ever, you want something, but you didn't get it? Then you have to, you have to strategize. How am I going to get that thing that I don't have, that I want? I want something, but I'm not getting it. What is the cause of the problem? It's, it's selfishness. Now, anybody here pro-selfishness? Anybody just love to be on a selfish team at work? Anybody just love to be around a group of selfish people on vacation? Anybody just love selfishness? It's just so wonderful to be around. So we, we don't have a problem talking about selfishness because we all get it. It's, it's the idea that a person is so consumed with themselves that they disregard the people around them. And this is a problem. All of us acknowledge if you're a churchgoer, if you're not a churchgoer. In other words, it doesn't really matter what term you use. At the end of the day, all of the violations of the scriptures and the law come down to this idea. Selfishness. It's destructive. Nobody here says, man, if I could just get on a really selfish team. You know, if I could just have a selfish coworker. If I could have a selfish boss, 
It's the one thing that we can't stand because what it does is it negates the people around you. Paul talked about selfishness and countless levels. One of the most intense levels was a practice in Roman culture of men taking young boys, teen boys, making them sexual toys. Talks about it in Romans 1. It's hard to talk about. I don't know why I decided if I was even going to talk about it here, but I thought I should just mention it because it's the kind of stuff that just makes you angry. It just makes, I mean, in, in today's prison system, it's well known that no matter how bad of a person you are in the prison system, if you're known to be a pedophile, you are going to be targeted. They have their own higher, that is considered the lowest of the low. Paul starts there. One of the places that we went to is the island of Capri. I learned I, we call it Capri. No, it's called Capri, so I'm trying to do my best Italian. But um, one of, the, one of the emperors used to go there, Augustus. You read about him in Luke's gospel. And Tiberius moved his entire operation there, ruled Rome from there. And historians now know that boys were brought to him. Now, I don't know, I don't know about you, but there are some things that just that, that make you somewhere between sick and violently angry. But perhaps it's the epitome of selfishness that because you have this power and because you have this ability that you use it to disregard and the disdain of other people. Somehow, this had to be fixed. When we see that level of selfishness, it does make our blood boil. And that's what Paul talked about in the first chapter of Romans. And he said, what's happening is you're replacing God with yourself. He says, God made himself visible to you. It's plain. Whether you, whether you had the scriptures or if you were a Gentile and you didn't have the scriptures, God revealed himself to you. Let me just say something here. That's still true today, isn't it? You don't ever have to go to church. All you have to do is take one night walk and look at the sky. And God becomes clear and plain to you. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. It's evident everywhere. God is evident everywhere. But what happens is people then, they, they take God out and they put themselves in the place of God. Now they're the center. Once you're the center, it's a downward spiral. Paul talks about, therefore, you're not grateful. You can't be grateful to God if there isn't a God. If you've thrown God out, how do you wake up in the morning and say, God, thank you. Thank you. There's no being to be grateful to, so you're only grateful to yourself. And it becomes a spiral like this. And it goes further and further and further down. Selfishness is its own spiral. I don't know if you ever tried to help someone that was a little self-absorbed, but it can be challenging. They can't see the spiral that they're in. Is this true? And then Paul teaches this. Sin, selfishness, is destructive. It destroys you. It destroys the people around you. 
and it ends up destroying you. You don't get away with it. Um, on, the way to, on the way to Italy, I was, you know, you got to watch like a million movies to keep yourself entertained. So I hadn't watched Father Stew yet. Anybody? Father Stew. I hadn't seen it, so I thought, oh, this would be a good chance to watch Father Stew. And so I get, and, you know, Mark Wahlberg is this fighter, and, you know, he's, he's not going to make it in the big show, and, you know, he's struggling, and all of a sudden, there's a point in the movie where he's just kind of getting a low point, and he's... I, I don't know if he's in a cemetery or something, but he's, there's a statue of Jesus, a big giant stone or marble statue of Jesus, and he's so frustrated that he turns, he clenches his fist, he's a fighter, and he hits Jesus right in the face. That didn't go well. It really doesn't go well when you try to punch Jesus in the face, especially when he's made of stone. When the Romans did it back in the day, it was real flesh, Right? But I thought that's, it, was, it was the perfect symbolism. You and I, when we sin, we don't hurt God. Most of us grew up with some kind of belief that we hurt God. Like God's all upset now and we got to go talk him off the ledge. He's all worried and upset and bothered. You don't hurt God. Why would God be hurt? God is the stone. You don't, who hurts when we sin, who are we hurting? Ourselves. And we're hurting what? Our neighbor. When you're selfish, you think, I, I'm helping myself. You're not helping yourself. You're what? You're hurting yourself. When you're self-absorbed, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting the people that are around you. Or as someone said, we don't break God's laws. We break ourselves against them. You're punching a stone statue. Selfishness in any form, and selfishness can take a lot of different forms. Is this true? It takes a million different forms. But whatever form it takes, it's always destructive. Or as Paul gets to in the sixth, chap sixth chapter, he calls it the wages, the results of sin is death. It's destruction. In other words, when you follow this path, now, there's a couple of words for sin. Like, one of them is the Greek word, hamartia, and it means to miss the mark. So if I were shooting a bow and arrow at, at a target and it fell short of the mark, it's falling short. And all of us do this. We all fall short. But the, the idea is this. You should have a standard for your life. God has a standard for your life to be a good human being. That's the idea, to be a good human being. What, what he was trying to do was to get us to be our best, to hit the bullseye, be your best. But we all miss, we all come short of it. So when we sin or when we're selfish, we fall short of the standard that God has for us. And there's nothing wrong with having a good standard for your life, that's a good thing keeps you engaged. And we all fall short, all of us. Every person in this room, every person that stands on this stage, everyone that sings, everyone that dances, everyone that uses the Bible, everybody, we all fall what? Short. That's what it means. We're all the same. We're all, we're all not quite what we could be. 
And that's okay. Not, not that you want to stay there, but it gives you something to strive for. It's the idea that you're striving to be all that God made you to be, made in the image of God. So when we sin, we're falling short, and we do that. The reality is we do it every day. Whether you can find it listed as a Bible verse or not, some level of falling short happens to each and every one of us every single day of our lives. I got time. We fall short. Because God has this glorious standard for this is what it, this is what it means to be the, the ideal human. And we fall short. And when we fall short, we aren't our best. The other word that you find in the Bible for sin is different. It's to transgress. It's to cross the line. You ever have that conversation with somebody and say, don't cross the line? Oh, you cross the line. It means to transgress, to step over a boundary. Like when you're on an airplane, someone has a backpack, and they turn around and whack you in the face. They cross the boundary. They transgressed. This is my airspace right here, right? This is when you take something from somebody. So if you read, the, the, like, the Ten Commandments, it's all, about it's all about crossing a boundary. Well, you don't steal. Well, you don't take. Well, you don't lie. You don't... How many know the world's a better place if we aren't doing these things? It's, it's, this is easy. This is easy. You say, Chris, why are we even doing this message? This is so easy. This is so elementary. Here's the problem. He said, no, no, you just told me the problem. It's all the selfishness in the world out there. Thanks for explaining it to us. Now you're madder than you've ever been at all the selfish people out there. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. No one here, I don't think, would deny that, you know, if, if you trace anything, what, let's, let's point to one of the big problems in the world. Let's point to the big bully because we'll feel better when we point out someone else's. It's, you always feel better pointing out someone else's sin. So let's do it together. Let's indulge ourselves. Vladimir Putin, what a schmuck. Huh? I mean, I think I can say that with confidence, and I get a lot of amens out there, but what a schmuck. You don't have enough? You don't have enough what? You don't have enough money? You don't have enough? What is it you don't have enough of, Vladimir? I don't know if he's listening, but what do you need? <laughs> so we point to that, right? And, and I think I'm justified in saying that. I think, hey, you know, I think you have enough land. I think you're okay. I don't think we need to go killing people, murdering people, so you can draw a map differently. Okay? That's good. That's what I wanted. Amen. Because now here it comes. And what Paul taught was this. He said, you who judge others, you do the same things. Romans 2, verse 1. It was like Paul, he just knew how to lure you in. He's like, yeah, I can't believe the way these people are acting. Unbelievable selfishness. And he's got them, right? Because Paul was good. And then he said, you who judge others do the same things. Or as I was taught, when you're pointing the finger at one other person, there's three pointing back at you. This will be the thing that will help you get it most of all. Every time you want to point the finger at somebody, just remember there's three pointing right back at you. What was Paul trying to say? What's the problem? The problem is selfishness. But the real problem 
is that we're focused on someone else's instead of focused on who can change you? Of all the people in the world, who can change your selfishness? Who can change Chris's selfishness? There ain't much of it, but a little bit that there is. I mean, who can change Chris's selfishness? Chris. The whole thing begins with, Chris, but how are we going to fix this? Weeks to come. We got weeks to come. We're going to get, but aren't we going to talk about Jesus? We're going to talk about Jesus. We are going to talk about Jesus. Right now, we just need to talk about you. We need to talk about me. You know what all begins with? Start, start with me. You know one of the things that we do, because it somehow makes us feel better, I guess psychologists say it, it like builds our ego, is we find sin somewhere else, and that feels good to us. It really does. It'll give you a little rush. I bet if you hooked yourself up like to a doc, you know, all those wires and everything, oh, that guy's such a loser. Ah. You would get all these electrodes going. It makes you feel good because this person's so wrong. They're that. It, it literally, they, they've studied it. It does something for our psyche to see a, a sin in someone else. And it keeps us from addressing what? So, how are we going to fix the world? By announcing to the world who the bad people are? Paul started with his own group. If you get into the second chapter of Romans, he says, no, 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 no. You guys who are on the right team, no, you're on a few teams, right? Like some of you are Republicans, some of you are Democrats, some of you are this, some of you are that, some of you are... And your team is always the what? The right team. Why? Because you picked it or they picked you or something. So what Paul did, this is just hang, don't throw things, hang in there. What Paul did is said, what you, what you do is you hide you hide inside of your team. Well, I'm on the right team. Well, since I'm on the right team, there's the problem. And the problem is always a bunch of people over there. And what Paul did was brilliant. He said, no, 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 no. The problem, no matter what team you're on, no matter what you, he says, the problem is always here. If you think about it, that's the only way things change. I can't change you. I have no capacity to change you. There's one person that has the capacity to change you, and that's you. How is the world healed? One human at a time. And when the humans look in the mirror, that's what Paul said, you who pass judgment, you do the same stuff. I just don't have as many guns as Putin. I do the same stuff. Chris, you're not that bad. I am. I, I, got, I got a beautiful little three-year-old daughter. You guys have been seeing her on Facebook. She's so cute. She's terrorizing. <laughs> and if she gets a chance, she's going to take something of yours. Right? It's in us. It's in us. Just to take go a little more. This is the line, but I'll take this. Huh? I mean, these ice creams, you know, the size of Texas over there. And like, um, money came out of my pocket. Charlie, can daddy have a bite? No. (laughs) Would you like a bite of dad's? Yes. It's the same behavior. It's the same behavior. We just disguise it in different ways. 
You know the worst problem in our world? Well-disguised selfishness. Church-disguised selfishness. Paul said, you who judge others, you do the same thing. We're never going to get this thing off the ground if we're looking at other people. That's where we start. What's the problem? Here's the problem. i got to close, but let me just tell you this. When I was in high school, I read a book, um, and it was about the book of Romans, and uh, I, ne- I never forgot it because the guy talked about sins and sin. Sins are like, oh, I, I hit my brother. Sin, I shouldn't have hit my brother, right? Um, I stole Charlie's ice cream. Stealing is a sin. He's talking about sins. And so we ask God to forgive our sins. And so, God, please forgive my sins. And the, the problem is people have focused way too much on this ledger. Like, do I have them all forgiven? Do I give them the forgiven column? And then he says, but what Paul does is he moves from the idea of sins, these acts that are committed to sin. And Paul personifies it as something that has power on the inside of us. Come on, anybody can confess your sin. Any doorknob can do that. That's why I jokingly do it every Sunday. Want a free forgiveness? I'm not saying there's something significant about asking for, I think that's fine, but here's the real problem. It's not the sins, it's the sin. It's the thing that drives us on the inside. That's the tough one to deal with. Is this true? We're going to talk about it. Paul gets to it later on. How do I deal with that? First, you got to see it. First, you got to see it. And the only way you see it is if I stop seeing it in other people. And the place to start is, Lord, start with what? Start with me. Paul had this passion to take this message to the people in Rome, and he had a passion to take it to the entire world. And he wanted to go to Rome because he wanted the chance to explain it to them and for them to send him out into the world, right? This is a message that could change our world. You know the funny thing is? It still could today. I mean, could you imagine if there was like a law in the state of Michigan against selfishness? I pulled you over. So what did I do, sir? You're being selfish, obviously. The thing is, we just can't measure it that well. It's too easy to hide. But it is the core problem. And the problem is only you and the Holy Spirit know. Hmm? I know. I know. I know when I'm, my wife's asking me to do something, give her a little extra help, and I'm just pretending I can't hear There's no code. I didn't violate any codes. I didn't break the law. I just act busy. Oh, none of you have ever done this, so okay, good for you. (laughs) Throwing out a few ideas evidently here. Um, It's selfish. It's just selfish. But in big ways and small, it's just selfishness is just what destroys. Destroys me? It destroys us. God, deliver us from selfishness and start with who? Start with me. Find it in me. Let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer.
One of the first verses I learned, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned. It's, it's, all, our, it's, it's all of our disease. And we're going to talk about the answer next week. He's the answer. But I can't give too much away. I remember I was doing a youth camp one time. And uh, we, we'd meet with the speaker. We brought all these kids to this youth camp. And uh, then he, he, he left us the first night. He goes, now, don't freak out. But I'm going to tell him, like, basically what I told all of you, like, you're hopeless. And then he says, good night. And he's like, just let him sleep on it. He said, just don't, 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 don't jump ahead. Just let him sleep on it. Because it makes the answer that much sweeter. It makes the answer that much sweeter. Let's pray. Our loving God, we thank you. You show us a way. I pray today you'll give us all the courage to stand in the mirror and to take a look. Not to hide behind what we know or what we've joined, what we've said or what we've done, but to see the destructive selfishness inside of our own hearts. Not because we're hopeless or because we're nothing, but because somehow it seeps into all of us. God, somehow give us the grace to put our hand up and say, maybe, maybe the change begins with me. Maybe the change begins in my own heart. Lord, start with me. In Christ's name.